Welcome back to On the Ground, a podcast specifically, though not exclusively, for the members of Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. We are here for our third and likely final episode of our look at friendship. Uh, This time, I'm sure you're all grateful to hear from a lady's perspective. Uh, Being men, we were certainly at a deficit in trying to make specific application as far as women are concerned. So we have with us today three living, breathing women (laughs) from our church to hopefully round out this discussion. Uh, Mary Austin, Rebecca, and Melissa, thank you for joining us. How does it feel to be part of the magic here at On the Ground? (gasps) Very different. We've never done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's a privilege. Well, we're glad to have you here. Um, I'm hopefully going to just shut up for most of this episode. Um, But Mary Austin, I'll start with you because you are kind of the the catalyst for this episode. Uh, It was a great idea having uh, the ladies here and then everyone else can kind of uh, weigh in as you like. Um, But maybe we'll start with what are some challenges uh, you feel that women in particular face as far as friendship goes? Well, yeah, I did say to you after the last episode, I really enjoyed it and it was really helpful. And I felt like men and women are totally different after listening to it because there were so many helpful, positive things in there, but so many struggles that I feel like we do deal with as women that you guys just don't seem to deal with. And I've (laughs) definitely experienced that in conversations with my husband. (laughs) And it's amazing. It's great that God made us different. And there's unique blessings about female friendship and Mm -hmm. unique challenges. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we can discuss that. And I definitely speak from experience of struggling with all of these things. Um, Even in the past week, as I was preparing to talk about this, I found myself one night crying to my husband about hopefully pregnancy hormones, but <laughs> about, you know, things that, um, that I struggle with in my life and in relationships. So if anyone listening struggles with those things, then you're not alone. Um, I know I definitely have and do. Um, so that's where I'm sharing from today. Um, so One that jumped out at me was um, comparisons, Mm -hmm. competition, insecurity. They all kind of go hand in hand Mm -hmm. in hindering our relationships as women. Mm -hmm. Um, This can look a lot of different ways. But I was thinking about more of those open-handed issues that, Mm -hmm. you know, we we all have to make different choices as women and... um, it can be hard to not compare, you know, what choices other people are making and mm-hmm. um, how they're living their life and feel that you're somehow, are you better than them? Are you less than them? Um, so just some, some thoughts I had of how to fight this mm-hmm. is um, knowing, knowing where you stand in Christ, having a really robust understanding of your identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. um, that you're not defined by these decisions that you make. They're not the essence of who you are, um, so that you don't make them into too much of a big deal in relationships. Um, And then um, the perfect example I thought about this was (laughs) the Philippians 4. Paul writes, I entreat Eodiki and I entreat Sentiki to agree in the Lord. 
Yes, I also ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored, labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement. Um, so there's these two women in, Philippian, in Philippi who are having some kind of issue. It sounds to me like an open-handed issue because he doesn't say, oh, I urge Yodiki to agree with Syntyche and get yes. on board with her. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I don't really care, really. I want you guys to agree in the Lord and to be of one mind. Um, and earlier in the book of Philippians, Paul talks a lot about that one mind and what is it? It's the mind of Christ, right? It's the mind of humility. It's the mind of striving side by side together. Um, so I think that's a really important uh, passage for fighting against that competition and mm-hmm. comparisons that can hurt our friendships. Um, and another um, issue would be having unrealistic expectations of friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can come from when we're growing up. Like you have your best friend and your BFF and that, that used to be so important to me yeah. growing up. And I didn't have a Christian perspective growing up. So it definitely wasn't, didn't receive a lot of wise counsel about friendship. So that just became the mm-hmm. most important thing to me is who is my best friend and are they my best friend only and no one else's? And, you know, are we best friends for life and things like that? And just growing up and having to realize that's not a realistic way of looking at friendships. It's not a a healthy or a biblical way of looking at them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it still can creep into the way we think about things, you know, like I want a best friend. I almost want like a soulmate best friend um, who is just like me, who, you know, just affirms everything I do and wants to spend all their time with me. And obviously that gets harder and harder as you grow up and have family and responsibilities and things like that. Um, And it's not necessarily the way even God intended for friendships to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we need to really speak truth to ourselves and, you know, you may be having these feelings of this is what you want in a friendship, but it's not, it's not what God has intended and it's not what you're owed. You know, it's a great friendship is a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, but we can be thankful for all the relationships God's put in our life. Mm -hmm. And they're not, relationships are not meant to just satisfy us and meet our needs. Um, and a really helpful thing for me on this is um, Rachel Jankovic, who's an author and hosts a podcast. Um, she, she wrote in one of her books, Fit to Burst, anytime you're stuck in a needing mentality, find a way to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and that applies to so many areas of life. Um, but when we really feel ourselves being needy of I want this kind of friend, um, I want them to meet my needs. Instead, we should be trusting God to meet our needs Mm -hmm. as we 
give to other people. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good way to fight that. Yeah. Just on that, um, as I was thinking through kind of barriers or challenges for us as women this week, that was one that I came up with too, was kind of that fantasy friend, that like imaginary one perfect catch-all friend. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about my own life and just God's grace to me um, in in friendships, I realized how many different women I have in my life who bring different things to my life um, Mm -hmm. and how trying to expect, like trying to expect from one person everything, as as you're saying, it's not God's design because God has placed us in a body of believers. And so I was thinking of specific friends this week and just really thanking the Lord um, for some of my single friends who are totally at a different life stage, but bring something so unique to my life, you know, that I wouldn't get anywhere else. And then some of my friends are um, older and have been married and their kids are all grown. And the things that I can learn from those women, Mm -hmm. sort of a more like mothering, mentoring relationship that I couldn't get maybe from my single friends who have never even had kids yet. Um, But yeah, that's just something that I gave a lot of thought to is just the different people that God has brought into my life and the different ways that he uses them. And it frees us from that pressure of trying to find it all in one person when we realize, oh, we're part of a body and like God could have brought this person into my life for such a time as this, for this specific purpose and this person for this purpose. And you don't have to make one person do all of that. And kind of in line with what you're saying too, um, a quote from um, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, says here it he, he said so basically life together is kind of his thoughts on christian community for those who haven't read it it's a great book um but he says it is easily forgotten that the fellowship of christian brethren is a gift of grace a gift of the kingdom of god that any day may be taken from us that the time that still separates us from utter loneliness may be brief indeed therefore let him or in this case let her who until now has had the privilege of living a common Christian life with other Christians, praise God on her knees and declare, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brethren. Mm -hmm. And I read that this week and I was like, wow, do I live with such deep gratitude for the friendships that I have? Or am I just so focused on what these friendships can do for me, um, what I want them to be in my life, or, or do I realize this is a gift of grace, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think for me, one thing I realized this week at Hill City, in, in particular our church, I feel so blessed by the deep friendships that I have here. And just, it was a real challenge to me reading Bonhoeffer's words, just being reminded that this isn't something that we're entitled to, as, as Mary Austin said, or that we should take for granted the the depth of Christian community that we have been given. It's a gracious gift of God um, that we need to thank him for every day. So Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for you ladies. (laughs) (laughs) And I found it so encouraging just with the podcast the guys did, but just to hear Al's um, clear definition at the get-go where he said um, someone focused on the good of others. Yes. and, And through whatever cost to themselves. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's counterintuitive where the challenge being in ourselves, we just want to take, 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 like, how are you good for me and how do you fulfill me? But it's like, biblically, everything turns on its head to be like, how can I show you Christ and point mm-hmm. you to Christ and, and aid you in that? Mm-hmm. Um, so just to stick on the challenges, I would only flesh out two aspects um, that I would think of, uh, one outward and one inward. So just on the outward level, I think as women in different seasons of life, 
we've all kind of come through now where we are currently uh, being students and being in university or college, it's like so peer oriented. Mm -hmm. um, and that was for me a really rich time of like, you're all housemates, you spend your time together and you're just always around peers. And then it's like, ding, next stage of life. For those of us who get married and have children soon, you're like suddenly very isolated. Uh, you can be. Mm -hmm. And so I think that can be a real challenge for women in that specific role for women, where you're bearing children and you're suddenly home with babies and diapers and stress and things coming out of your own heart that you had no idea were there. Mm -hmm. And that is isolating when you're like faced with your own sin and you're like, no one else feels like a monster like I do right now. Um, and so I think that's a reality for a lot of women in this stage of life. But I also want to recognize the women who have uh, pursued the careers or are in the job force and and that's a challenge too, because you're drained. You're you're socially out there all day, mm -hmm. unless you're at a computer by yourself. <laughs> but you're you're drained in a kind of social setting, and so you come home and you're just exhausted. But you haven't been fed by friendship and time mm -hmm. together. So there's challenges as women, I think, in different areas of life. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of like the outward challenge, and then what you gals have touched on for the inward challenge. I think all of this comes down to. If our heart's in Christ, it's gonna do the right thing. But when our heart is putting ourselves back on the throne, it does it all wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking, I had a quote from Tozer because I always come back to this quote in his book, Pursuit of God. But he was talking about the heart's fierce effort to protect itself mm -hmm. from every slight, uh, to keep its touchy honor from the bad opinion of a friend or enemy will never let them have rest. And, and this is for guys and gals, but that when we're just focused about preserving our own self, our ego, our pride, we get nasty and we compete or we compare. It's like, am I better than them? Are they, are they ahead in, in some way? And it just, it's vicious and awful and it only goes downward in that vortex. Mm -hmm. But when we look to Christ and, and we realize our identity is hidden in him, it changes everything we want to love and serve and be humble instead of self-serving and proud. And, mm -hmm. and so that's the big inward challenge for every single day is to come to the cross and, and confess our sinful desire to put ourselves on the throne and put Christ on the throne and serve and, and humbly see how can we be helping the good of others. Mm -hmm. so challenges. Mm -hmm. Another issue that, um, this is probably one that I face a lot is, feeling left out or feeling lonely. And you kind of yeah. touched on that when you talked about the different seasons of life. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that was really helpful, um, I read this book, Messy, Beautiful Friendship by Christine Hoover. Mm. And it was really helpful to read that book because I realized I think a lot of people feel that way. And I, yeah. it um, was helpful to know that because that's the opposite of what you think when you feel left out or you feel lonely, you feel like everyone else is having an amazing time <laughs> together. Um, so that was just a good truth. And I think a lot of times with social media and things like that, mm -hmm. you see people will post a picture of, oh, we were hanging out together. Or, Look at this fun time, fun thing we did. Mm -hmm. And um, to know that, that everybody feels lonely sometimes yeah. and, mm -hmm. and that, that can encourage us to 
reach out and be a friend to other people, um, as you're saying, instead of being focused about yourself Mm -hmm. and how you feel and how you're the only one. Um, We really have to fight that with truth Mm -hmm. um, that um, we're not alone and that we, we can be like Christ can help us Mm -hmm. to reach out to people um, whether they're, they're lonely or um, they need a friend. Um, Two people who need a friend can be there for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So that I think is uh, definitely a, a, f- a female problem that we have mm. um, and also gossip like mm-hmm. I wrote that down and I'm so thankful thinking that I don't think this is something we've ever struggled with in our church mm-hmm. but I still feel like I had to say it because it's Unless definitely it's like prayer requests <laughs> we need well, to pray for yeah. her yeah. Secret way of gossip, yeah but I think it, it can be totally debilitating to mm-hmm. a community and I really don't feel like we've struggled with that mm-hmm. um, praise God but yeah, it's a huge blessing. And if anyone is in a context or relationships where that is mm-hmm. a temptation, I think it's so important to fight against because yeah. it nothing will kill will kill relationships yeah. more than thinking that people or even knowing that people are talking about you yeah. behind your back. And um, mm-hmm. you can't have a relationship with someone if you know that they're always talking about other people. And so that's something I really try to be vigilant of yeah. not even having conversations about other people with a third party. Like most of the time it's just not necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think or if you're caught up too. in that, let's say mm-hmm. you s- you're with someone and they start doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to call it out and you can do that with grace, but just to be like, okay, we're going to talk about them in a way that they wouldn't be insulted if they're sitting here. Like, how are we, how are we talking about how we can be praying for someone or, you know, yeah. just mm-hmm. also being vigilant to call it out in a, in a graceful way, I think yeah. is key because mm-hmm. it does, it does come so naturally. I it think does, maybe yeah. more as women, but I feel like in the work world, that was like the main topic mm-hmm. of conversation mm-hmm. and it was so draining. And you're like, is there nothing else to talk about <laughs> mm-hmm. than something else about someone else? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Mary Austin, you mentioned um, kind of Facebook and social media. Are, are there other uh, trends in society uh, perhaps that you guys feel are, are particular impediments to uh, cultivating good friendships among women? Hmm. I think what was touched on, I'll start, but uh, when you start seeing things posted and we start to believe the lie that that is their reality, you know, so if it's the picture-perfect arrangement of their dinner or their people shiny and happy and smiling, you start to get that impression of, okay, well, everybody else seems to have it together and, and I don't. And I know I'm guilty of it because I post the picture of the thing I enjoy. I'm not going to post a picture of my child screaming because why would anybody want to see that? But then people will be like, oh, it's just so nice at your house. And I'm like, is it? Oh, right. That's the only thing I post is when I'm happy. Oh, I want to remember this. So I'll post, yeah, a picture. So I'm part of the problem. Uh, but we could hashtag mom petition. Mom petition when you're like, you know, that mom's doing it all right. And again, those traps we fall into of comparison. Um, one thing I thought was a trend recently, but back in our mom's day, it might have been Tupperware. Um, A lot of us ladies who maybe are home are still seeking a way to make income by selling things. Mm -hmm. And that's great. I applaud that. 
Um, I think the only part is where it has kind of undercut or sabotaged the trust of us women where it's like, hey, look, she added me. We're friends again. Oh, no, she's trying to sell me something. Mm. And it's like, oh, so you don't really care about me. You want to sell me your bag or your nutritions or your oils or whatever thing that's lovely. But it's just it can start to undermine um, trust amongst us women Mm. that you're actually wanting to pursue a friendship versus a sale. Uh, So for us to be aware of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys have already touched on the, the best version issues so I'll pass it on from there I don't know necessarily if this is a because like we're talking social media selling Mm. um, but I would say a trend that I see in society so it's not on social media is just I find that women um, as women we tend to feel that our feelings Mm. are ultimate Um, and because Generally speaking, I mean, that's sort of a blanket statement that women are more feelings-based, more emotional. But I think Mm. across the board, even out there, people tend to accept that. You know, men are more whatever, you know. Women are more, yeah, they're more stoic. You know, women are more touchy-feely, emotional. And women kind of run with that kind Mm. of um, caricature, I guess. Yeah, and justify it. Um, And I think one thing I've been learning in my own life um, in the past months, I'd say maybe even a year, um, that God has been just showing me that my emotions don't have the final say as a Christian mm-hmm. woman, that Christ does, mm-hmm. and that we do not have to live by our feelings. Um, yes, it's true in certain situations, you know, we may not be able to help or control how we feel, whether we start to feel sad because of a particular situation or stressed, but mm-hmm. we don't have to submit to our feelings. We submit to Christ. Um, and I've been finding such freedom in that in my in my own life. And Rachel Jankovic, you mentioned her earlier, has been really helpful, um, her books and her posts on that. But basically, mm. I've just been finding in my own life that I've been walking in a lot of freedom um, because by God's grace, I can seek to live above my feelings so that my changing emotions don't always dictate my obedience throughout my day. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a really um, encouraging example Um, this week from a lady at Hill City, one of our sisters here, I'm not going to mention her name, but she was saying to me, and it kind of relates to this whole relationship friendship thing. She's in a season of life where she's been struggling a lot with um, feeling like she would prefer to just be alone and struggling in social settings um, just because of the season that she's in right now, feeling the, the desire to be having more solitude that her life isn't allowing. Um, and, she was just confessing this to me and just saying to me, you know, I've just been really struggling with not really wanting to come to church and not wanting to be in social settings. Um, And while she's telling me this, she has been to church and Mm -hmm. she is at fellowship group providing food for people and walking in obedience. And I just found that to be such a beautiful example of like kind of what I'm saying Mm -hmm. here is that, Mm -hmm. yes, we do feel things as women. And sometimes I think Mm -hmm. because of our gender, we feel things more, more deeply um, and our emotions do threaten to overwhelm us probably maybe more than mm-hmm. most men, you know, not every man and every woman. But we as women don't have to um, submit to every feeling that we feel, that mm-hmm. we submit to Christ and that we can walk in obedience by God's grace even when we aren't feeling it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would say the trend is women follow their feelings and are governed by their feelings. And if Mm -hmm. you're feeling this way, you act this way. 
But we don't have to do that as Christian women, mm-hmm. that by God's grace and with his help, we can walk in obedience to Christ mm-hmm. um, and not be dominated and blown about by how we feel. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think mine goes a long way. Um, that what you're saying and um, specifically with like withdrawing from the church and withdrawing from Christian fellowship mm-hmm. um, and it goes along with something the guys were talking about in their podcast about not just being friends with people who are just like you yes. or have the same interests as you um, and that I think is exacerbated by social media because we're in touch with so many different kinds of people um, than, you know, back in the day, we would have just had our church community and that would have been it. But now we have people all over the world that we can be in contact with. And so you're able to see, oh, there's people like me in this city. There's people like me all over the world and so then you have a tendency to want to group together with those people who are just like you or Mm -hmm. share your same interests Mm -hmm. as yeah yeah yeah, exactly finding your tribe is definitely a big thing Mm -hmm. and I see it a lot so my specific context would be um, I go on Instagram I um, follow lots of homeschoolers to try to learn from them and um see their posts and get get ideas um and I'll see ladies posting things like I am so lonely I have no friends until I met you guys online or in this conference or I listened to this podcast and joined up with these like-minded individuals Hmm. and these people are ostensibly Christians and I think what is going on in their church? Like that they have no friends, like Mm. that they feel completely isolated. Obviously, as we've discussed, there are things about homeschooling, about being a stay-at-home mom, about being a mom, about being a lady that you can feel isolated at times. Definitely that like, that's the idea you get in your head, but actually realizing that you're, you're not isolated, that you, you do have friends because you have a church. Um, it makes me really sad to see that and to hear people saying that. Um, and so whenever I see that, I just think we need a really rich theology of the church Mm -hmm. and what the church is for church membership. Um, thankfully we have a church where the elders have really in, um, really taught us that well church membership and Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's been really helpful for us Um, but even just reading the bible and realizing what is the church supposed to look like um, the church is not supposed to be people who are all the same it's actually the opposite Um, if you read first corinthians 12 the metaphor of the church being the body that's his paul's whole point is that We are all different from each other and we can't say to the other parts, we have no need of you. Instead, we desperately need them because they can fulfill the parts of Christ's mission that we can't. And um, also in Ephesians 4, I don't have it in front of me right now, but basically Paul says we can only become a mature church when every part is working together Mm -hmm. 
under the head when we're speaking the truth in love to one another. That's when we're protected from different doctrines and we are being built up into maturity in Christ. And if we forget that, if we the church is just a place we go to on Sunday, yeah. um, but it's not a mission that we're a part of 24-7, mm-hmm. then we we will feel that way. We will feel like, oh, it's irrelevant to our lives. Mm-hmm. Those friendships are, are not my true friendships. Those aren't my true people and withdraw. Mm-hmm. And now that we can on social media, you know, seek out other relationships. And like you guys said in the guys podcast, it's great. It's great to have people that you really share a lot of stuff things in common with. Like that can be a wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. But I think, as I said, biblically, that's not what God has intended for us yes. um, in the church. And mm-hmm. um, let's see if I have the verse, Acts 7, I forgot where it is. In Acts, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Paul says, not Paul, sorry, uh, here it is, Acts 17, 26. God has put us in the place that we live in for a specific time and purpose and reason. Mm-hmm. He's put us in this community, in this church, in Peterborough, mm-hmm. at Hill City, with these friends for a reason. It's not an accident. It's not like God messed up. He meant to put you in a different place where everyone was just like you. Um, so I think we really need to be biblical, read our Bibles, and be reminded that we're on mission here. Um, yeah, that's really important. I think that's a real trend that you've flushed out there, but that idea of you need, you see it all over the internet, but you need your tribe and you need to be with your positive people who lift you up, get rid of the naysayers, get rid of the ones that bring you down. It's like that has nothing to do with the gospel at all, but we can buy into that where our identity is what we want to make about what defines us about how we live our lives or how we exercise or how we eat or any of these other things that we want to make our identity instead of Christ, and yet that keeps us from serving one another and, yeah, investing. Yeah, those are some great thoughts. Sorry, I'm not talking, so my voice is gone. (laughs) Um, You've already touched a a bit on this, but um, as far as some, maybe, well, you can share a few things, but if you could share one thing uh, you found about friendship that may be uh, maybe most helpful for other women listening in, um, maybe what mm. what would that be? You're kind of, I guess you've already kind of touched on this. Um, would there be anything you could add or? Oh, a lot. A lot, okay. <laughs> One thing. All right, you can do a few things if you'd like. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> um, One thing I I learned a long time ago in a book that I will not mention because he's pretty much a heretic now, uh, (laughs) but that stuck with me was that love isn't like money. And often we use it, we invest it in people we think are worthy, worthy of it. And we withhold it from people almost to try and make them get better. Like, I don't like the way you act, so I'm going to withhold my love until you come up to my par. And it helped me assess in that time where, yes, I was trying to use friendship Uh, kind of to reform people. And so that was key for me to realize that, no, the lavish love of God, when I look upon his love to me, a sinner, needs to come out of me towards others lavishly. And again, it just comes back to that, not seeking someone to fulfill you, but seeking someone to serve. Uh, And so again, just remembering how the gospel puts everything on its head 
that we want to show empathy and kindness and humility and, and have a robust friendship based on a gospel of love that covers a multitude of sins because we can get so nitpicky if we think, oh, we don't like how they talk to us, or we don't like how they do this or that. It's like love covers all that because you generously want to come alongside this person and encourage them to grow in Christ. Um, so, yeah, simple lesson, big truth, I guess, that the more we're looking to Christ and seeing his lavish love towards us as sinners, the less nitpicky we are about doling that out to others. We just want to lavish people with the love that speaks the truth in love, so it gives us a freedom and a kind of a robust faith where we can say, I need to come alongside you and A, encourage you, but B, hold you accountable. So I'm going to say things you might not like, but I want to say them in love because we both want to you know, be iron sharpening iron and, and growing towards Christ's likeness together. Um, and my last little point would be to be a, per, a pursuer. I think there's a spiritual gift of stalking that we need sometimes because like you were touching on you kind of start to feel if I stopped calling would anybody know that I exist you know and and sometimes I can get into that pity party of like if I just stop calling I'll never hear from anyone but there's a point where it's like well that's again about me and I need to be pursuing God's a pursuing God and he pursued me by his grace and I should be picking up the phone and, and calling and making coffee dates and, and pursuing people because we can all do that for each other. And, and I know there's people who pursue me, and so it kind of gives you a, a break that you know you don't have to pursue them. And we're all kind of in a chain. But uh, I think the key is don't just sit there wishing someone would call you or wishing someone would have tea. Call them and, and go out and, and, sh and listen well as well. <laughs> Those are my points. Yeah. Yeah. Did that author you mentioned rhyme with Ronald Biller? And by any chance? No. Oh, yes, okay. maybe. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Well, the guys had referred to this verse um, in Proverbs 18, 24, but I think it's worth mentioning again. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I had to say one thing on friendship, <laughs> if it's just one, it would be God as the friend of all friends. Um, and I think women, in a special, unique way, we long for connection, acceptance, understanding, and love. Like, we want to be known, and we want to know others. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes, whether it's because you're entering into the season of motherhood or whatever, that you find yourself in an, a more isolating season where it's harder to get out there and do friendship, sometimes God... I think in his grace allows us into those seasons mm -hmm. so that we learn to rely on him to meet that need to know and be known. And um, in John 15, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have learned from my father. I have made known to you. Mm -hmm. And I think my encouragement to our women at Hill City and just women in general would just be, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And how often I find in my own life, I rush to other people really quickly when I'm faced with a challenge and I don't take it to my first friend um, in prayer. And how often that need, as you, you talked about neediness, I think it was if it was a Rachel Jankovic thing you mentioned, but you know, that need would be filled if I went to Christ first and then I could then, as Mal was saying, seek to go out there and meet the needs of others and pick up the phone and call 
um, but we're looking to people to fill what Christ alone can fill. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, mine would definitely it goes along with what you were saying, Mel, about pursuing. Mm-hmm. But this is a quote from this is an idea I got from Rachel Jankovic that I just thought was really really helpful. So I want to share. Um, she was talking on the podcast about when her daughter was in kindergarten and starting school. And she came home from school a day and said, Mom, no one wants to play with me on the playground. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, what you do tomorrow is go to the playground and start making mud pies and see what happens. And then she came home the next day. said, how was it? Said, oh, Mom, everyone wanted to play with me. They all came and made mud pies with me, and we were all playing. And so her, the point of her illustration is um, if you're sitting around thinking, why won't anyone be my friend? Who really wants to get a, get in that and be like, oh, you look like an amazing friend to spend time with. I can't wait to hang out with you. But instead, if you go out, you have fun, you're, you're living a life with Christ, you're pursuing interest, mm-hmm. um, you're just a f- fun, interesting person to be around people are going to want to be around you and spend time with you. And uh, that was just really, really helpful to me, a tendency to be more introspective. Um, So I'd say just take initiative, like you said, to pursue, but also to plan things. I was thinking about all the Mm -hmm. random things that we've had over the years (laughs) here at church. (laughs) Cooking club. I don't know if you guys remember any of these things. That was awesome. Cooking club. This goes back way, way back before kids. I think we should restart that just for the record. Yeah. Clothing <laughs> swaps. Book clubs. Um, Mel's book clubs are my favorite times of the year. <laughs> I wish they happened all the time where we just sit around <laughs> and more. talk about books. It's yes. so fun. Knitting nights. Ran, one time I was like, let's do Christmas crafts. Remember? It's like random things that don't really seem that important. Reformation parties, you know, we have a mommy group that we we meet up with, any moms who can come. We have fellowship groups. We have a ladies' Bible study lots of times in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just lots of fun things that we can do, and obviously those don't happen every day, but just take initiative if you're like, I really want to hang out with my friends. Like, let's plan something fun. Um, and that's, that's in the Bible. So just in case people are like, what, what Mal and Mary Austin are putting forward here, this is biblical. Yes, making mud pies is here. Um, Proverbs 11, verse 24 to 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. Right. And the idea is, you know, give freely, give, be a happy, joyful, nice to be around person. You know, don't just spend your whole day looking inside and thinking of what you want and what you wish you had, you know, Mm -hmm. but give freely, bring blessing and you will yourself be enriched. I think other translations um, word as he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Um, So it is a biblical principle that we're talking about here. Mm. Which I was thinking, too, about your not letting emotions draw us, because sometimes I was realizing even last week, if I sit and wait till I feel energized enough or ready enough emotionally to have people over, I was like, oh, wow, don't let that guide and dictate 
and and I think what Rachel had talked about where it's like you need to know that God is enough yes. for you to have people over not that you're enough okay do it mm-hmm. and so I thought oh that was just like that proverb where if I'm running on empty or whatever, but I still have people in and I'm recharged by the mutual encouragement and mm-hmm. the mutual serving that we're doing and, and praying for them. Oh, right. There's others to think about instead of inwardly. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's the more you give, the more you get in that. Mm. Um, we're approaching the end of our time, but I did just want to get your input at on, uh, you've mentioned a few different authors, but uh, maybe books or a book you have found helpful in this regard. Go with uh, the plural. Well, <laughs> dare we? Yes. Mary Austin. Always books. Go. Okay. Yeah, I have this book in front of me, Messy, Beautiful Friendship by Christine Hoover. I ordered it last year when I was kind of realizing this is something I need to work through, and God was really bringing it up sanctifying me in this way and it was very helpful it addresses all these issues and more like I said it makes you feel not alone and really provides biblical help and encouragement so that was definitely a really good one um as we mentioned Rachel Jankovic a lot so they she has a podcast called what have you and they've addressed friendship in a lot of different ways actually in a very different way than we have so that could be helpful it's a specifically a lot of like how to teach our children to have good friendships, mm-hmm. which is a lot about being wise in who you select as a friend um, and not just thinking that you have to be best friends with everybody. Um, so those have been helpful too. Um, so I know they had one a few weeks ago called Friendship and then there's been a few back there talking about children's friendships those were really helpful and then this is kind of a random example but you know you guys talked about novels and how you can see it Mm -hmm. in novels and now I saw you put some C.S. Lewis on there which I really want to read and this was a book by C.S. Lewis called Till We Have Faces Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite books and Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, I was just going to say, Alex didn't like the ending of that one. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's amazing on so many levels. But, okay, if you look at the relationship in the book between the two main characters, Orwell and Psyche, um, you see really what, like, the the bad side Mm -hmm. of love Mm -hmm. and possessive, jealous friendship and love and it just really like was just killing me for all my relationships you know am I really loving people or am I do I really want them to be happy or am I doing loving them for selfish reasons Mm. it's just very very powerful so I think if you struggle with friendships or relationships that book can Mm. uh, be a mirror to look into for sure Mm. that's great yeah, on the C.S. Lewis note, the four loves I thought was very helpful to see. There's different types of love we have for different peoples in our lives, but I wa- the one part I would touch on was I liked how he was saying, you know, there's that benefit of hanging out with many friends at once because your friend is multifaceted and your other friend will bring out a part of them that you cannot. Mm-hmm. And to sort of celebrate the richness of your friend is to have them with others. And I was like, oh, because I like to keep that friend all to myself. But it's nice to be in a group dynamic, too, and see those parts brought out of them. Um, and then I would just touch on 
Rosaria Butterfield, Gospel Comes with a House Key. She's phenomenal about relationships and friendships and, and hospitality towards the stranger and just puts everything on your head about serving others. Uh, you'll t- touch on Bonhoeffer's life together. But the last one I would just state would be Newton's letters. Um, the more I read Newton's letters, the more I realize he's just so godly and pastoral in all the different types of friendships you could imagine, where it's whether it's talking to family members or talking to the unsaved or talking to a Christian. Um, he just has such godly and clear, loving input and advice, and I find it very encouraging to be like, oh, this is how I can talk to this friend about this issue in a grace-filled way. So I would recommend Newton's Letters to everybody. And Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer would be my recommendation. Um, Just such a great look at what life is supposed to be like in Christian community, in the body of Christ, the ways that we take it for granted, um, and the unique challenges that we as sinful human beings have as we approach the community of Christ, the body of Christ. Um, yeah, so I would recommend that one. Great. Well, this has been really encouraging, uh, certainly f- a food for thought uh, for myself as well. And um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll end it there. Again, if you have any questions or comments or encouragements, we're very insecure here at On the Ground, so <laughs> any encouragements. Uh, uh, ben at Hillcity. Dot com or something of that nature. It's, <laughs> it's on the website. <laughs> um, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.